We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Kilkenny Today on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Hello and good afternoon. You are welcome to Kilkenny Today with myself, Samantha Rawson, and we have a packed programme for you today. In studio with us, we have Tish Finnegan from Lifelinks and Maria Dollard from the Green Party, but who is also here to talk about uh, their amazing talk that is coming up in the next week or so. Uh, later on, we'll be talking to Mary Butler from the Arts uh, Officer, who is the Arts Officer from Kilkenny County Council, and she is talking to us about Culture Night uh, in Kilkenny. Obviously, uh, a change to the um, normal way of doing things this year but still life goes on and Culture Night is going ahead and a, a packed out programme for you to consider and we will be talking to Mary a little bit later on and then after half past five we will be talking to Mark O'Connor who is the Community Engagement Officer from Inclusion Ireland so we'll be talking to Mark a little bit after half past five. So in studio as I say we have Tish and Maria. Welcome ladies. Hi. Hi, Samantha. How are you? How are you? Uh, you're very good to come into us. It's so nice to have people in studio. It's just yeah. so lovely to have a face-to-face conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so lovely to, to see you both. And obviously, uh, you're both here to talk about um, LifeLinks, which is the mental mental health organisation who which supports people in Kilkenny and elsewhere. No, just Kilkenny. Just uh, Kilkenny. LifeLink is a it's a, an umbrella group for all the organisations in Kilkenny, city and county okay. uh, with the mental health remit. So it's very broad. It's state, community and voluntary organisations. So from the likes of uh, the HSE, psychiatrists and psychologists, OT, down through um, the Recovery College Southeast Involvement Centre task to the community voluntary run ones like Chuck Tom and Grow. Um, and then just individuals with the lived experience of mental health, be that their own mental health or the mental health of somebody close to them. And, and do other counties have such a support group, Tish, or are we very fortunate in Kilkenny to have I think we're very fortunate. Last year when Cycle... Um, Cycle for Suicide came through Kilkenny um, I was talking to some of the organisers and they hadn't heard of uh, an organisation like Lifelink in any other county in Kilkenny so we're very fortunate and it came about through amalgamation of two groups so LinkUp which was a communication forum for all the organisations in Kilkenny with the mental health remit and then Lifeline which was started by um, which uh, wasn't started by Malcolm Noonan but certainly Malcolm was involved in it mm. and it's it um, it did a our community, our conversation, which was an action plan around suicide prevention for County Kilkenny, right. and it was launched in 2011. Right. I could be wrong on that. That okay. sounds too early, but anyway, um, based on our community, our conversation, the HSE decided that there would be a county plan for every county in in Ireland right. around 
how you can um, stop suicide and support communities and individuals. So mm-hmm. they use the template of our community, our conversation, to roll out county plans around the country. Right. Um, which meant then that the HSE took over the implementation of our community, our conversation. So LifeLink's job was done. So there was an amalgamation then between LifeLink and LinkUp. Right. And we call ourselves LifeLink. But okay. we do the same job. So it's communication between all the organisations, not duplicating things that we're doing. Mm. Uh, we run a couple of events every year one which is Suicide Prevention Day on September the 10th and then Cracked Letting the Light In which is a festival of positive mental health around International Mental Health Week which is around the 10th of October so this year it's between the 8th and the 11th um, and will be mostly online this year unfortunately but we're still determined to do something Right, and uh, th- so is that the Cracked Festival? Yeah, That's the Cracked right. Festival, okay. yeah. But, but the the, um, the prevention Suicide Prevention Day is the 10th of September. Yeah, 10th which of September. Is, which is a week away, is it? Uh, is yeah, it? just yeah, a little over is a week it away. Is it Thursday a week? It is, actually. Okay, Thursday week. Next Thursday. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it helps to know what day it is, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> so you have, an amazing, um, you have an amazing speaker, Dr. Sinead Kane, who, who people might know that she is is the blind athlete or the visually impaired athlete. Yes. Um, and she's quite a determined lady. I mean, I think Orti did a documentary on her um, last she, year or a couple of years ago, she, she told me um, when we spoke to her, myself and Leanne, last week that there are actually two documentaries being done right. at the minute about her. Um, yeah, she's she's seen as an amazing woman. Like she's yeah. only five percent vision, yet she's a double doctorate, a right. qualified lawyer, yeah. uh, as you say, a, a world class athlete. Yeah. she's b- completed five marathons. You know the the one where they do one on each continent. Yeah, I think didn't she do seven marathons in seven days or something? Or yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's yeah, quite an amazing, extraordinary yeah. lady. So, so tell me, how did you get her? Is that quite a coup to get Dr. Sinead Kane? Um, Leanne Ryan Cullerton, who's part of Lifelink, she's a regional. Uh, um, development officer for uh, the regional office for suicide prevention um, and she had d- seen a, a webinar or a, a seminar with mm. Sinead mm. Um, and when we were looking for somebody or talking discussing who we would get this year to do something or how we were going to celebrate World mm. Suicide Prevention Day and uh, she was mentioned so I emailed her right. and basically it was as easy as that she's very right. personable and Great. very easy to to talk to and contact Right, great. Yeah. Okay, well done. So, uh, Maria, what's your involvement in, in the um, Suicide Prevention Day? So, my involvement is really um, uh, because of Malcolm's involvement originally and when Malcolm um, uh, co-opted me onto, well, he didn't co-opt me, but when I was, he asked me to go forward and I, I um, was co-opted onto the council. Mm-hmm. I was, oh, congratulations, uh, by the way. Thank you. Um, I don't know if it's commiserations or congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> there are days when I go, what? When some new or organisation says and Malcolm was involved in this and now you're going to be involved in it. I go, oh, he didn't tell me about this. So I'm still trying to find my feet. Clever Malcolm. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but one of the organisations that started sending me emails and reports and stuff was Lifelink. And, um, but as it happens, I have a very particular interest in mental health and uh, I suppose all of my working life has been with people who have been, who are marginalised and who would probably experience greater degrees of mental ill health you know proportionately so I would have uh, worked in prison education for seven years and I worked in adult education with people um, who were returning uh, to the workforce and you know um, the the program that I worked on particularly was people with less than even certain standard of uh, education so 
it was, you know, and I uh, would have had, a, you know, a lot of involvement um, in the world of autism because of uh, my daughter, who is autistic. Right. So I would have worked on a voluntary basis with a lot of parents and parent groups and supporting parents with advocacy. And, you know, all of those different groups that I would have worked with would be people who would experience high levels of anxiety and stress and mental ill health. So I've kind of worked and I experienced it myself because of my situation uh, with Lucy. And I suppose you... you you learn a lot by going through an experience and you, you recognise the things that maybe trigger mental ill health in your own life and you, you try and avoid those, you know, in, as you go along. But you realise mm. that things pass and, you know, it's about getting through things, you know. Um, so when I got the email from Trish, um, I was really delighted that this was something I actually did know a little bit about. So I was delighted to um, get involved in the group and support them from the um, perspective of, of the elected members in the County Council. So I that would be, I suppose, my role to, to keep, you know, linked in there and to okay. you know find out what's going on and to support in any way that that we can. And and I suppose this year, given that we are all living through a pandemic and mm. life was fairly stressful before this arrived, mm. how how have you know have you taken a temperature of how people are getting on or? Uh, you know, it, it's obviously, uh, I it just, brings up stuff for other, other people. I just people. heard today on the radio that um, there was a survey, I can't remember what it was, but really the vast majority of people have said that they have experienced stress and anxiety over the whole pandemic. And mm. that's what you would expect. But the other, I think, thing that I have noticed is that people seem to have... Um, recognised during the lockdown the very severe restrictions they're starting to recognise what are the things that help you to you know uh, deal with those emotions mm. and those um, challenges in your life and you know the amount of people who were out walking every day taking exercise mm. and appreciating appreciating nature but also appreciating the relationships they have in their lives and, and mm. recognising what was really important to them and you know even you know parents recognizing that maybe they hadn't spent as much time with their teenagers as they would have liked to before mm, the lockdown mm. all those kinds of things you hear people saying all this kind of stuff so people have learned very quickly and i hope we don't lose that you know yeah, memory yeah. of what it is that's important in our lives and you know there's a huge shift there's a whole shift going on in society i think um that we w you know maybe in 10 years time we'll be able to say that started around the time of the pandemic right, and yeah. I think there'll be some positive things that will come out of the whole uh, experience for everybody and it's in a way it's a kind of a collective experience like we've not had for you know a long long time I, I met up with my husband's family there we we met at um, the seaside in Wexford a few weeks ago but we were talking about Dallas Oh. And how we all, everybody watched Dallas yeah. or the Reardons or everybody yeah. watched, yeah. you know, there was these collective experiences that Irish society had and everybody would talk about it. Mm. And there were those things that connected us together and we've become very fractured mm. over the last, I suppose, two or three decades, more and more isolated and more and more disconnected from each other mm. in ways that wouldn't have been imagined maybe before that and, and that's you know maybe not such a good thing you know yeah um so i i that's what i would have seen anyway i don't know about you trish well i think you're right maria there's lots of positives to be taken from it as well and i mm. think one of the things that she said there that we have realized is how, how connected we are as people mm. and when we lose that connection how difficult it is not being able to go and hug your mom 
yeah. or not being able to, you know, even just to shake somebody's hand yeah. and that we are connected beings and we need yeah. one another in order yeah. to be well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that, that we have discovered. It also, I think that we really have seen um, how isolated some people are and how centralised our government is and mm. that we need to bring it back local. Very Dublin-centric, yeah. Very. Mm. And that's coming from somebody who grew up in Dublin mm. and mm. yeah, mm. and is a proud Dublin woman, but it is very Dublin-centric and very urban-centric as well, if mm. I can say that. I live in Dunhamagan, which is very rural, and yet only 20 minutes from Kilkenny City. Yeah. So um, I think we have realised as a society that we need to bring things back more local mm. and that we need to, and hopefully, when it's all over and we get back to normal, which may not be for another two years, that we won't lose that and that things will start to come back locally. So mm. those that work at home now, maybe we should have more hotspots where people can actually go out to work, but within their own locality. Right. So much like the place that's on... Um, uh, near McDonough Junction, yeah, yeah on yeah, the Dublin New Road, that there are more of them, but yeah. more of them in small communities around yeah. the county, so that you you still are not going to the urban centres to work, yeah. but you're going out of the house to yes. work and mm. be surrounded by other yeah. people, mm. even though yeah. they would be smaller. And I think that's really important yeah. for all our mental health is, to yeah. remember that we're connected. Yeah, yes. I mean, the conversations I've had over the last few weeks, I think people are really beginning to revalue or re relook at what they thought they valued. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, wh whether it's... Um, I, I have a sister who has been out of work for about three months because she's asthmatic, mm. but she's in no rush to go back to work. Mm. And and I'm kind of looking at her going, well, what are you going to do? She goes, I don't know. Take it, I'm taking yeah. it very handy. It's interesting <laughs> now what, what Trish was saying, and we didn't discuss this beforehand, but um, I came across an organisation called Grow Remote, which is a voluntary organisation that is attempting to set up sort of hubs all around, everywhere around Ireland. And, and I've, I've, I've registered one for Kilkenny. Right. And the whole idea is that you um, support people who might like to, in our case, Kilkenny, move to Kilkenny to work remotely oh. and that you tell them, you know, where the schools are, where the, you know, yeah. different businesses, where do you get your hair done? You know, yeah, all these yeah, things yeah, that people want things, to know. Yeah. And, um, and w when I was at a recent conference in, um, in, out in uh, Ballycallan, in the Ballykeefe Amphitheatre mm. and uh, the Kilkenny Leader Partnership who are also involved in LifeLink, um, there was a, a person there who had established um, an organisation to set up rural broadband in Piltown because he said they were one of the, uh, the places where the, the national rollout is not actually getting to Piltown. Oh, so right. they decided to take it into their own hands as a community. Yeah. And he made exactly the point that, that Trish uh, made that... What they don't want is people coming to a rural area and sort of working from their home. Mm. They wanted to, in tandem with having broadband, they wanted to have some sort of a community space like Newark Junction in Kilkenny where people could get up in the morning, walk down the street yeah. to their local centre, like a community centre, mm. do their work, you know, get their hot desk or whatever it is, their office space, um, you know, meet other people in their locality, in their community. And I, and I think that, that that whole concept could offer a whole regeneration of rural Ireland because what you have at the moment is too many people 
in Dublin and there's not enough space for them. There's not enough mm. physical space for them to mm. live and they haven't the opportunity to aspire even to owning their own home, which Irish people still very much wish to do. It's very much kind of embedded in our psyche. And there are houses and, you know, all over rural Ireland with nobody to live in them because yeah. the towns and villages are decimated. Um, and then you have very large companies like Google and Facebook mm. who are telling their uh, employees, my, my own son works in State Street and the, the employees in State Street in Kilkenny have been told you can continue to work from home for the foreseeable future. Great. They're in no rush to bring yeah. people back to yeah. offices. So there seems to be this huge shift away. And so I think it's really important, like Trish was saying, that we capture that but we support people to not become isolated mm. when they move from a very urban area mm. that they move to you know a more rural place but that they become part of that community and contribute to that community right. you know and and i think there's some great community stuff going on all around yeah. Kilkenny. i mean out in Callan there recently they made a video in the middle of lockdown mm. and it was very very funny but the, when you get a good community spirit like that going sure the possibilities are endless with yeah, the internet are. and yeah. you know and Irish people are great fun you know we love yeah. having fun and it, yeah we're, we're, you know, up, we're up for the crack we're up yeah. for the crack <laughs> and uh, you know there's great I think there's great possibilities there for people to have better qualities of life happier lives and um, less, stressful. less stressed lives less stressed. Less stressed. you know yeah um, I think I think it has in a way it, it's a blessing in disguise that it has given us the break and the pause yeah. allowed us to press the pause button and yeah. just go hang on a second what is important yeah. or who are important yes um you know yeah. Yeah. so going back to your your the talk about um for uh, world suicide day or prevention of suicide day um dr Sinead kane the power within is the is the title yeah. of her talk and it says it's about dealing with adversity and being resilient i mean i've heard this word resilient being knocked around the, mm. for the past few weeks but i don't quite understand what it is can you explain what resilience is? I think resilience is um, um, learning how to fail and having the the courage and power within you to get up and move on from that failure. And it could be something as small as uh, you know not being able to find your glasses in the morning and that putting the whole day out because you need your glasses in order to go to work because if you don't have your glasses you can't do your work and mm. that small little thing yeah. seemingly to other people will affect your whole day if you can't yeah. find your glasses uh. so it's finding facing the challenge um finding solutions to the challenge and no matter how small or big it is and um having the power within to get on with it and right. finding your way okay. forward. What does and Samuel I, Beckett say? Does Samuel Beckett say, fail, get up, try again, fail, fail better? That, that's, I know yeah. Stanford Brink at the tennis player has that written down his arm. Yeah, we, we, yeah. All, we all do that. And I think sometimes we are guilty as parents of not allowing our children to build that resilience, to fail at small little things and finding it within themselves to, to, to find ways to, to do better in the yeah. future. And if we don't do that as, as small children and as teenagers, then how can we expect to, to 
um, cope with with big challenges that come along or even just grief in our lives or mm. finding our way forward when things aren't working. And uh, Sinead Kane has 5% vision and look what she has done. Yeah. And I think it's it's facing those barriers. Some people have much greater challenges than others. Mm. And some people just have charmed lives or seem to have charmed lives. And when something does then occur, it's sometimes very difficult to find that within yourself to be able to to just to to get up and move on and, and become going. yeah yeah just to get back to who you are yeah. and i mean finding the the resilience within us as individuals and a society to face with the pandemic is huge Right. And we've just been talking about how we need to look at the positives that it has brought, as well as the huge um, grief that it has brought to an awful amount of people and how that they can cope with the grief that they have dealt with and mm. find that support to move on or find support in other ways. Not being able to hug your mum and your brother or sister is huge, but finding other ways in order to do that. And one of the ways that we as a family have found to do that is to Zoom with my mother on right. a on a Sunday at three o'clock. And she wants to do that. And that's the focus Great. of her week is on a Sunday. All our kids uh, join Zoom and we have a chat. And that's something that we would never have done before this. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I ran up a very, very expensive phone bill, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Maria, how are you, um, what have you got to add to this or what would you add to Trisha's comments there about I resilience? I suppose the, what comes to mind for me is that um, the concept of there being dignity in failing, mm. you know, mm. and we need to allow ourselves to fail and to allow the people around us to fail and like being the mother of a disabled child you know you constantly want them because you can see things from another person's point of view you can see how other people perceive your your child and you're there going oh, they're, they're going to say no she's not going to get this sentence out or she's not going to be able to string this sentence together in the right way and yet there's great dignity in allowing her to express herself the way she is natural for her and not to try and fix it for her and not to try and mm. and I think there's great dignity in allowing allowing ourselves and the people around us to make mistakes because mm. if you don't make mistakes you won't ever really learn things mm. yeah. you know there's you you we none of us learn you know, I, as I say, my husband has a habit of saying to Lucy, some Lucy, will you calm down? And I always say, never in the history of calming down has everyone, has anyone ever calmed down because someone told them to calm down? Yeah. It's not something you do because someone tells you to do it. Yeah. You have to learn how to calm yourself yeah. when you're, you yeah. know, when things yes. go wrong yeah, for yeah. you. And, you yeah. know, and, that, and there are skills, life skills that you yeah. have to learn. And, you know, there's, there's some great programs out there. I mean, I, I did... Um, I did a, a training program for my work called the Decider Skills, and uh, and we would use that with the the people that I work with. But these are skills that you learn how to deal with different situations. And there's a program um, available for for primary school children. And I think we should be teaching these things mm. to children to tell them it's okay to get cross. You know, we tell people don't get angry. Don't get. It's okay mm. to get angry. It's perfectly fine. It's how you manage it and mm. how how you manage the impact that has on other people. Mm. Being aware that your behaviour affects the people around you as well. Mm. And, you know, learning those skills. And we, we really need to pay more attention to helping our children to 
learn those skills because if they if we don't they learn them from people around them and maybe you know we're not all great all the time at at, at modeling some of this mm. great behavior we talk about yeah you know and they need to they need support with doing that and they need to be able to have that conversation and be able to you know say in a safe place yeah it's okay to get cross and to get really really angry about something yeah but then I know what I have to do to try and manage that and to try and and it's then that's okay. It's okay yeah. to not be okay. Yeah, it's yeah, mm. indeed okay to not be okay, but okay to to allow yourself to feel the emotions and yeah. then move on. Exactly. Yeah, you know, if you're yeah, if you're exactly. still upset or you're still angry, yeah, uh, to allow it. You know, yes. you know, you know, give yourself time, whatever yeah. it is, a day or two days, yeah. go through the emotions yeah. and then exactly let's go acknowledge it, acknowledge, acknowledge it, yeah. how you feel yeah, and absolutely. why you feel like that, yeah, and then as as uh, Maria says if you learn the skills on how to do that and that's life in general mm -hmm. isn't it mm -hmm. we're different mm -hmm. people well I certainly am yeah. at 54 yes. much different than I was at 15 mm -hmm. because yeah. I have learned the skills mm -hmm. in yeah. order to do things yeah. but I still fail Absolutely. And I still fail abysmally badly sometimes yeah. as well. Although, <laughs> Trish, I think the word mistake, I was just listening to what Maria said mm -hmm. there, and I think the word mistake is a much nicer word than fail. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, because mistake is a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It allows you to do it again. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's very true. The power of language. Yeah. 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 The power of language. And yeah. it's, language is extremely powerful. And mm. I could go on for another hour about yeah. language around disability. Yeah. Right. Know, but it's it's really powerful because we internalize language mm. without do, being yeah. even consciously being aware of it. Yeah. You know. So we, let's let's we, talk yeah. about mistakes rather than the yeah. the other word, the other yeah. four letter word. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, so how do people um, get in touch with you and how do they book a place on this webinar? It's taking place on September the 10th at 11 a.m. and it is the Lifelinks webinar for World Suicide Prevention Day. So how do people um, book their place or get in touch with you, you ladies? So if you email lifelinkkilkenny at gmail.com and book your place and we will send you the link. Um, okay. We didn't lifelink up until this morning didn't have a zoom account to en enable us to do this so the zoom account was bought this morning and we'll send out a link to anybody who registers for the event so if they email me at lifelinkkilkenny at gmail.com okay. and we'll send them the link okay and how many um places are available it's a, it's a limited number uh, the zoom package that we could afford gives us a hundred participants but you may have somebody who wants to, a, a group um, may want to sit in. So a hundred links, I can okay. send out a hundred links, but you might have two or three people oh, okay, looking at the same um, computer screen. Okay, great. Yeah. And just to so clarify, does it cost anything, Trish? No, absolutely free. free. Absolutely free. And free. And it's open to everyone. And it's open to everybody. Okay, Anybody fantastic. who wishes to do it. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, well, we will um, take a break, ladies. Thank you very much for coming in and... Uh, I might book a place on myself yeah, on that do. course if it's if it's available to people like me. Thanks uh, for having us, Samantha. You're Thank welcome. You Love to see Samantha. you both, and yeah. no doubt we'll talk again in the future. So we'll be back after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, eighty-eight point seven FM. Text us on oh eight six three five three double seven eight two. You are listening to Kilkenny Today with myself, Samantha Rawson, and if you would like to get in touch on the landline, that is 056-776-277. Now, as I said uh, at the top of the programme, Culture Night is soon upon us, and Kilkenny is uh, going to celebrate Culture Night with a hybrid programme of digital and physical events. So on the line, I have Mary Butler, who is the Arts Officer with Kilkenny County Council. Hello, Mary. 
Hi, how are you, Samantha? I'm grand. So, so tell me, so you're doing a mixture of both online and physical. So great to see that there are some physical or real-life events going on. So let's talk about those first. Yeah, there is, there is a number of real-life events. I suppose the difference this year with them is that they're less about um, large numbers congregating and much more self-directed. Okay. But I suppose that's encouraging people to come out as family units, which is really nice, you know, particularly with the National Design and Craft Gallery. They've got a lot of events happening actually across in the castle grounds. You know, the areas are marked out for social distancing, but they'll have a lot of... Um, a lot of the events can be downloaded in advance from the website, so um, and then people can turn up and, and engage in the events. Oh, so right. I suppose that's different in itself. Okay. The, the problem with the congregation, particularly because things were chopping and changing very, very recently as well, um, that it's just a much um, safer way because people will then choose who they who they who they want to go out with. Do you know what I mean? And All who right. they're going to spend the time yeah. with. Okay, okay. So, so, so little little units or pods of people, um, yes, on on the grounds, and, and and you say that the the areas will be marked out, so they, that you you kind of it'll be all there for you. So absolutely, yeah. For any activities now, obviously the Butler Gallery has um, a wonderful life drawing activity happening in their new gallery in Evans's home, um, and that's to um, complement the Amelia Steen exhibition. And I think that would be really interesting. It's it, the, the, there will be a different model across the various workshops, but they're working with the personnel who are in the photographs from the army, which is you know quite an interesting. And they'll be taking on some of the poses in the photographs. So it's a really ah. lovely another way of people engaging with the exhibition. Right. So so explain that to me again, Mary. So so is the person who is the the life model? How are they connected to the to the to the person in the defence forces? Um, well, the, that's the Amelia Steen exhibition is a document, documentary photography of um, personnel from St. James's Barracks. Mm-hmm. So some of the personnel from the barracks will be there as life oh, models. Oh, for, I see. Okay, okay. For the, um, the, the life drawing class. Oh, very good. Okay. And uh, th- then you say that there, there are uh, events happening kind of all over Kilkenny. So it's so I'm, I have um, a press release here in front of me and it's quite, it's quite detailed. So you have um, something happening in Thomastown. You've got the Butler Gallery. You've got Amber's Women, Women's Refuge are doing something as well. Yeah, well, I can go through that. Basically, the Butler Gallery have the live drawing events. And, and just to note, in case I forget, everything is free. That's the key message for Culture Night as well, is to really encourage people to come out. So all of the events are free. And I suppose the other difference, well, it's not really, people would have had to book in advance, but there's definite booking in advance, um, particularly this year. So the Butler Gallery, obviously, you can visit the gallery, the brand new open gallery, and have a look at the Amelia Steen exhibition and also the collection that's there, then there's the adult life drawing classes and there's also a scavenger hunt game for, for children and they're also launching some of their new programmes as well. Um, the National Design and Craft Gallery, like I said, they have a number of events happening up in the Castle Park and also in the Castle Yard, um, but they also have the Connected Sculpture Trail. Um, oh, yeah. So that's a sculpture trail that goes throughout the city and the Arts Office, we have commissioned... Um, um, a short film of that sculpture trail so people can engage with the sculpture trail uh, online as well if they're not in a position to go out and visit it but I suppose the other interesting thing about that it brings in visitors nationally and even internationally you know what I mean that we can it's actually publicised 
right across the island of Ireland. So I right. can engage in online events in, in other counties and vice versa. So people can oh. virtually visit Kilkenny. Um, and the video is beautiful because it shows all the artworks, but it gives some really nice sweeping shots of some of our beautiful kind of um, heritage sites in Kilkenny, like the Medieval Mile Museum and Rose House and the various other venues where, where the pieces of sculpture are. Okay. So, so we have two trails. That's the connected trail. And then there's also a poetry trail. Right. Um, so on an annual basis, the Arts Office publishes a poetry broadsheet, and this year it was edited by writer Colm Keegan. So they're all Kilkenny writers. Normally we would launch that as part of the festival um, in August, but of course we couldn't do that this year. Mm-hmm. So we're getting each poem printed out uh, as a very large poster, and we have 11 shots um, throughout the city on board, and they're going to display the poems in the shop for Culture Night. Oh, great. Okay. Um, and the other way you can engage in is we have a free phone. We have a poetry phone, which is a free phone line, so you can also ring the phone and hear the poems as well. So again, it's another way of engaging if you can't physically come out and, and engage with the with the poetry trail. Brilliant. That's a great idea, the phone line. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, the phone line was initiated yeah. in, I think it was last April, we or May, um really part of the community wellbeing initiative that we did and it has had hundreds of calls over the week so we're holding on to that now for a little while longer and we're going to change the poems over we're changing them now for culture night and we'll probably change them again for some more celebrations before the end of the year right uh, we didn't say mary when exactly is culture night we didn't it's say the 18th of september the 18th of so september. a few weeks away yeah okay so so yeah we're now on the 2nd of september so people if people want to book their places on on things they would need to do it now i take it would they ideally yeah so basically because culture culture night is an all um island event there's a national the national website is culturenight.ie so if people go in there, there's a drop-down menu where they can pick their location. So if they go into Kilkenny, all of the events in Kilkenny are there on the website and there's links to um, book into any of the bookable events, right. the, the various workshops. Okay, and as you say then, if you're not in Kilkenny, you, you can also kind of look at the sculpture trail and be part of the poetry readings. So. Yeah, yeah, you can still engage. And even the online workshops, I did have a conversation with somebody a little while ago who was doing online workshops for a Design and Craft Council of Ireland. She said it was really interesting how, you know, she was working with children from Donegal and, and across the country, which wouldn't normally happen. So, you know, there's some really lovely things happening because, I suppose, we're forced to go online a little mm. bit more. And I suppose the other thing that's happening that's really important, we have a curator in residence program here in the arts office. This is our second year. And of course, um, COVID-19, you know, has had an, a, a huge impact on that. So our first exhibition um, on that program will be open for Culture Night as well. It, it opens on the 12th of September, but it'll be opened until 8 o'clock in the evening for Culture Night. Great, great. And then um, I suppose just, just to wrap up, I just to want to talk about Amber Women's Refuge, who, oh, yes. um, who has an art therapist, Siobhan McQuillan, is it? Um, yeah. And she's initiated a star weaving project in Kilkenny. Yeah. Well, the history of the One Million Stars is um, there was an artist in Australia who started to weave stars in response to the, the, the Jill Mar tragedy. So there's a really strong connection to Ireland. So that was a number of years ago. And when Siobhan was in Australia, she saw the One Million Stars exhibition and was really taken by it. So she has brought it to Ireland, essentially. But I suppose Kilkenny at the moment is the focus of it 
Um, so there's probably about 4,000 stars um, that have been woven by people across the community and across the country. We already have a lot of people involved from across the country and 3,000 of them are on show in the Medieval Mile Museum at the moment. Right. Um, so that will be opened as part of Culture Night until 9 o'clock. And there's also a workshop running from 6pm to 9pm in the Medieval Mile Museum um, teaching people how to, to weave the stars. So the Arts Office of the Council um, have partnered with Siobhan to support the project and I suppose initially, originally the, the stars were woven um, in a very particular ribbon but when the lockdown happened it was difficult to do all the workshops and to access a lot of the materials and I just think it's a really lovely reflection of our time so we're, we're really encouraging people to weave stars from recycled materials so our environmental awareness officer has come on board as well and now we've got loads of stars woven from atlases and crisp packets and um, old posters and old banners. Some really, really inventive stuff. It's really gorgeous. And I don't know, there's something... I just think it'll be a lovely reflection of our time when mm. we see those stars exhibit. So the final... Well, for 2020, the final resting place will be an exhibition in McDonough Junction, right. which will open on November the 25th. So that's the first days to mark the 16th. Um, days against violence um, um, and that runs from November the 25th into mid-December so the exhibition okay. will be up in McDonough Junction from then for those 16 days Right, right, lovely and then and and uh, there's also a piece with Tada Theatre School in Thomastown and that will host a series of theatre workshops at Thomastown Community Centre Yes, um, Gillian Grattan is our th- is the theatre practitioner that runs Tada Theatre School, and she's been very active, and she's she's remained quite active throughout COVID, as active as she can. She ran some events, she ran some theatre workshops for Queen and Oak earlier on this year for us as well, and she's running three sessions out there, um, so across age groups. So she's got younger children who obviously will come with an adult, and then you've got children who can come independently, nine to thirteen years, mm. and then she's got thirteen years and beyond. But it's really to give people a taster as well of, of I suppose, what Gillian does on a, on a regular basis. So there'll be lots of, um, you know, theatre games, character character work and, mm. and scene work. So a lovely, and I think that's what Culture Night is really about. The events are all free and it's really, it's a lovely opportunity for people to just try something out, you know, engage in something new um, and... Yeah, there's an encouragement then to go back, you know, similarly with all of the workshops at the National Design and Craft Gallery. They're all free. So it's a really lovely opportunity to get a taste of something new. Yeah, and as you say, it's all free and it's it's will be socially distanced, but it might spark a new hobby or a new interest or, or, or something, you know, some little light might go off in your head and Absolutely, you'll discover something yeah. to, to keep you going oh. through the winter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or even a new way. There's something about the arts that gives us a new way of looking at things as well, a new way of experiencing things. Mm. Lots of, particularly our community programs, people go away from them just saying that they just, they have a different sense of things after they've done, you know, certain creative things. We use it, we work in very environmentally friendly and, you know, even women kind of say, I just look at the world differently. I look at waste completely differently. You know, things that we would have considered waste before, all of a sudden we don't. So a lot of, you know, that can happen across all art forms, the same in theatre. You just might start to, I don't know, see the world a little bit differently, a little bit better. 
Right, right. Well, well. Um, let's hope the the weather holds for know, September eighteenth. Yeah. Um, but but even if it doesn't, I mean, it's such a, a lovely night to to go out and and kind of as you say, yeah. explore. We've been very ideas. lucky so far with the weather. So fingers yeah. Crossed. So fingers crossed. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mary, and um, best of luck. And we will talk to you in future, no doubt. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank Linda. you, Mary. Thank okay, you. Bye. Bye. And that was Mary Butler there talking about Culture Night, which is taking place on Friday, September the 18th. We'll be back after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today, sponsored by Walsh's Toyota, the name you can trust. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, your local voice on the World Wide Web. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. You are listening to Kilkenny Today with myself, Samantha Rawson. Now, Inclusion Ireland addressed the Oireachtas Committee on the reopening of schools and calls for the protection of special education teaching hours. Today, September the, the 2nd, Inclusion Ireland will tell the Oireachtas Committee about the reopening of schools, how children with disabilities have coped and the lingering fears their parents have as their children return to full-time education. Inclusion Ireland conducted a snap survey of 267 parents to inform the submission its mission to the committee. So on the line I have Mark O'Connor and Mark is the Community Engagement Officer with Inclusion Ireland. Hello Mark. Good evening Samantha. Um, so tell me obviously has your submission to the Oireachtas Committee taken place already? Yeah we we were in today um, and like you said we, we, we have a number of concerns. Look, I suppose the first thing is to acknowledge that um, you know uh, schools, teachers, principal teachers, SNAs, there's fantastic work has gone on over what would traditionally be their summer holidays to get schools open on, on time for for, um, for all children. But we, we think there um, there's certainly a few issues there, um, we, we believe, for children with disabilities. And, and the biggest one being around special education teaching, what, what would have been traditionally known as resource teaching. So the department has um, boosted their substitute panels because... In an ordinary year, many of us go about and go to work, you know, especially when it comes to wintertime. We, we, we go to work with a slight sniffle or a slight temperature and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But now because of COVID-19, teachers have been told any of these symptoms stay at home. And the teaching unions were in before Inclusion Ireland this morning at the same committee and they'd said they, they're predicting that um, there's going to be a significant shortage of teachers. Right. First, the first thing that happens when there's a shortage of teachers is the special education teachers are going to be brought in to plug gaps. Now, why this is a problem is in, in our survey of uh, parents, more than 50% told us that over the uh, six-month closure or the five-and-a-half-month closure that their children had regu- regressed significantly in terms of their education and their personal development. So we'd like to see those teachers protected to do the job that they're actually, you know, that they're there to do and to support those young people. Right, so how did you get on with the committee then this afternoon? What, 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 who, who were you talking to and how did it go? Yeah, it, it's the COVID committee in in, uh, in the Iraq. This is the special committee. Um, look, it, it, it seemed to go well. They, they listened to our concerns. Um, I, I believe the minister's in there, the minister, minister Norma Foley's in there to minute answering questions. Um, and 
ourselves, we have a subsequent meeting with um, the, the new junior minister for um, special education and inclusion, Josepha Madigan. So we, we hope to take on board um, our, our recommendations and and really, you know, make make very, very strong recommendations to the department and, and that they'll subsequently act. Um, we don't believe it's a huge amount that needs to be done to, to do you know, to, for, for some of the asks. Like, w- one of the asks, for example, is um, for children with um, quite complex intellectual disabilities and, and medical needs. A lot of these children simply can't go to school because if, if they catch COVID-19, it would be, you know, it, it would almost do away with them. Mm-hmm. These, these children are simply, you know, they, they, they're, at, they're going to be at home and the supports that they're going to be getting are not as robust as you'd like you know, they're not as robust as we'd say, for example, somebody who has access to the home tuition program that's there at the minute, which is a ring fence set amount of hours, could be anything from five up to 20 hours a week. Whereas these children are maybe going to be getting um, a daily phone call from a teacher for a few minutes and, and some information sent home. Not a very robust education at all. And bear in mind, they've already missed out on five and a half months. They've experienced regression and all of that. Um, and you know, they're not going to be back in education anytime soon. So it's a very small cohort. We ask for the department to be really, you know, to revisit the plans for these children and to put in place an appropriate solution that meets their needs. And with the resource teachers, Mark, if they are taken out to fill the gap, as you say, of absentee teachers... Mm. Did you get any guarantee today or any indication that, that, that they have sourced other teachers? I mean, is, are you saying that that's what would normally done and that you're asking for them to change their policy? That, that's, that's within the policy. So the, the, the policy, the, the return to school, there's a circular has gone out of schools around um, the, the, the returning to school. And there's a piece in it, you know, that they're, they're, in the first instance, they should be using... Um, local people who they would ordinarily uh, contact around substitution and there are substitute panels and look, we'd, we'd welcome you know, we, you know, it has to be said we'd welcome these extra uh, teachers that have been put into substitute panels mm-hmm. but we, we don't believe it's enough and the, the, the teaching union certainly don't you know, so we, we'd ask the minister to, you know, to bolster those panels to ensure that uh, the, the special education resource teachers are there to do the job and, and aren't pulled away to to, um, to really plug gaps that, that the department, you know, we're saying to them plan now because yeah. as, as soon as, as soon as the, um, you know, as, as soon as winter starts upon us, you know, there's going to be numerous teachers with sniffles and, and uh, you know, headaches and yeah. temperatures and so, so it, they're, it, going to be, they're going to be told to take two weeks off. If the resource teacher is is taken away to plug the gap, so to speak, does that mean that that the child loses out on that that lesson or that education? What what happens to the to the child who's expecting the resource teacher? What what happens that particular class or that particular yeah, um, teaching period? Yes, yeah, so t- typically what happens, you know, you you might have a child that's taken out of the mainstream class for a number of hours each week mm. to receive extra tuition in areas where they've you know, where they need that extra little bit of support or yeah. somewhere where they've fallen behind. And, you know, and, and sometimes a resource teacher might, might work with a couple of children at the same time. But 
if if they're going to be plugging gaps for for teachers who who are out absent due due to COVID related issues, um, those supports simply won't be there. Um, right. And and you know we you know we we fear children will have to do without. And you know our, and as I was saying, our, our survey that we took over the weekend uh, it, it indicated that um, you know parents are telling us that their children have already regressed significantly in relation to their education. Okay, so so <clears throat> I suppose to, to wrap up, Mark, if there's anybody listening to this, is there anything that parents can do or, or can you can you lobby your local TD or, you know what I mean, is there is there any way of, yeah. of trying to, to get this case heard or, or make sure it doesn't happen? No, absolutely. Look, if I was going to say anything to parents and, you know, I'll, I'll bear in mind that parents are parents primarily and, you know, especially when there's a child with a disability in the house, it can quite often be an endless battle. But, you know, if people have a bit of time, you know, we'd, we'd strongly recommend that um, to write just a, a quick email to their local TD, tell them they're worried about this issue um, and, you know, if, if they could raise it with the minister. And, you know, quite often when things are just getting raised consistently with the minister, it, it you know it it sometimes creates a momentum and um and and that can lead to change and you know it can lead to the department revisiting and um, maybe coming up with some extra resources to to ensure that it, it's not an issue that happens okay great okay well well let let's hope um that they they listen to to what's said to them and that it doesn't fall on deaf ears and we might catch up again in a couple of months mark and, and see where we're at yeah okay Lovely. Thanks for your time this evening. Thank you, Mark. And that is about it for this evening. My thanks to to my guests uh, over the past hour and to Anne Nolan for producing today's programme. From myself, Samantha Rawson, enjoy the rest of your evening. Until next week. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.